welcome. This is On Topic Trivia, the only trivia podcast recorded in a dingy apartment in Chattanooga. As always, I have Tyler Allen Humphrey with me. Hello. Oh, man, you just outed my middle name. Mm-hmm. How do I feel about this? And so in today's episode of Retro Video Game Trivia, we are pitting Tyler against Cole Gaston and Jaron Smith. Hello. <laughs> What's up? Nice. Greeting accomplished. He did great. Uh, so you, you, you toss them up, we, throw, we slam them down. I don't watch a lot of baseball, but <laughs> <laughs> you get it. All right. So um, your wonderful host here did not create a warm-up round. So instead, we're going to go around and everyone just give me, give me that favorite retro console that gives you those great feels. Tyler, you start us off, man. Uh, I just really love the GameCube, man. I know it's not that retro, but I just love the GameCube so much. It's the first console I ever owned by myself. Uh, it's a good feeling. Right on. And over to Team Cole and Jaren. How about you, Cole? Uh, for me, probably PlayStation 2, even though it's the same thing. Oh, the GameCube, it's not that old, but it was like, it, it, it was where I grew to love games. Nice. How about you, and Jared? it introduced me to Kingdom Hearts, so Ooh, also yeah. it's kind of terrible. For me, it's totally the Nintendo 64. It was my first console. First game was Mario Kart 64. I played it to death. I still have one. It, I know you can't see uh, my screen, but I have games up on the shelf right there. That's all my 64 games. Oh, nice. nice. Actually, fun fact about uh, getting to hang out with Jaren, the first time I ever went over to his place, he was like, here's a beer. Would you like to play Smash Brothers on the N64 <laughs> that's right here? And I was like, hell yes. Yes, I will play the best Smash Brothers with you. Thank oh, you. <laughs> okay. How about you, Zach? Uh, man, for me, it's, it's the N64. Uh, I'm not, again, we're, we're not showing our video feed or anything, but literally behind my head, is a uh, CRT on wheels that has an N64 hooked up to it. Uh, nice. nice. Your boy likes some Ocarina of Time and uh, Mario 64. And very embarrassingly, Cruising USA. But, <laughs> all right, on that topic, let's move on to round one. Uh, so we're going to start this off. So it's going to be Team Tyler versus Team Cole and Jaren. If you guys want to make a team name, sorry, I didn't, you know, include that. But, all right, starting off, round one, question one. Before debuting on the PlayStation 1 in 1995, what titular character was originally referred to as Willie the Wombat? Locked in. Uh, okay, so we don't have to be first. We just have to be correct, correct? Yeah, Tyler's already locked in his answer. Oh, he's already locked in. Is it Crash? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. All right, locked in. You guys are locked in with Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Humphrey, what did you say? I said Crash Bandicoot. The answer is Crash Bandicoot. Good job, guys. Ooh. Nice. I should have known you'd open up with a Naughty Dog question. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, Sony fanboy. Woo -woo. I'm just kidding. Oh, it is. It's a thing. That is who I am. <laughs> uh, so, uh, question two. While Mario or Jumpman, as he was originally called, was first featured in the Nintendo arcade classic Donkey Kong, what character who first appeared in comic strips in 1929 and was portrayed on screen by Robin Williams in 1980 was the original intended protagonist for the game? Locked in. 
Okay, Tyler, they're locked in. Go ahead and talk it out. Okay, so they're locked in. Um, I'm pretty sure the original, like, Donkey Kong was going to be a Popeye game, and Robin Williams was in that weird-looking Popeye movie, so I'm going to go with Popeye. Okay, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Cole and Jaron, what'd you guys go with? Luigi, Uh, I can picture it in my head. I don't know if it exists, but... Okay, all right, so the answer is Popeye the Sailor Man. Question three. While on the subject of arcade classics, Pac-Man has eaten its fair share of greasy quarters from nerds since the 1980s. Uniquely enough, the ghosts in Pac-Man have both Japanese and English names. The Japanese names were, when translated, Fickle, Chaser, Ambusher, and Stupid. For five (laughs) points apiece, what are the English names of these ghosts? Locked in. All right. It was Inky, Blinky, and Clyde was the fourth one. What was Winky one? Maybe. Because <laughs> you said Inky and Dinky. I feel like there was a W. Well, there's a Maybe. Blink, Inky and a Blinky. Inky and Blinky. Okay, that's it. Yeah, I, Inky, Blinky, I don't know. And Clyde, but there's a fourth one. I'm not the Pac-Man man. It's not man. Stinky. <laughs> uh, it. I would have to say Dinky would be the fourth one. I don't know. So are you guys locking in? Uh, give me your four. Inky, Blinky, Clyde, and Dinky. <laughs> okay. And Humps, give me your four. Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde. Good job, guys. I wouldn't have gotten, uh, like, I would have struggled with those. Yeah, so it's Inky, Binky, Pinky, and Clyde. I'm impressed. I knew none of those. (laughs) Question four. And, gosh, this is going to be a toss-up. This is going to be a layup for most of you guys. Question four. No N64 game broke more joysticks than the original Super Smash Brothers except for maybe that one stupid minigame in Mario Party. Not unique to the fighting genre, the game featured four hidden characters for five points apiece. Name these four characters. Oh, I was a melee man. Man, I played so much of that game, but I unlocked them all and then never reset my... Oh, Oh, man. It was just always the full roster. Yeah, I'm agonizing over this. I'm going to go ahead and lock in. Oh gosh! So is he? Is he good to go? Yeah. Yes, he is. So we have Jigglypuff, Luigi, and Ness. But I can't remember who that fourth one is. Captain Falcon's the only one from F Zero. Samus is the only one from. Was Ganon in it? Ganondorf was only in Melee. That's what I thought. He started in Melee. Um, trying to think of other Mario characters. Yeah, who was Peach? Peach wasn't hidden, I guess. Peach wasn't. It's Peach. Maybe. I don't know. We're going to have to edit out a lot of this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shorten this one up a little bit. Fox would have been first, I guess. I know as soon as I hear the answer, it's just going to blow my mind. I'm going to be so mad. All right, go ahead and, uh, so, uh, go ahead and give me your four, uh, you guys. Jigglypuff, Luigi, Ness. And Pikachu. I don't know. All right, and Tyler, give me your four. I went with Jigglypuff, Ness, Falcon, Captain Falcon, and Luigi. Awesome. All right, the answer is Ness, Jigglypuff, Luigi, and Captain Falcon. I could could not, I was agonizing over Luigi because, like, I felt like I could remember unlocking Luigi, like, first, but 
I just, for some reason, the fact that they would put Luigi as an unlockable just seemed wrong. <laughs> Pretty funny, though. If you like, think, uh, yeah. Falcon's my favorite, and I feel bad that I missed yeah. that. <laughs> All right. Uh, round one, question five. The story from all of our childhoods is as follows. Okay, so you go to the north part of Viridian City and you watch the old man's tutorial. Then you fly to Cinnabar Island and you surf up and down the coast. You might see some really high-level Pokemon or you might see this sacred glitched Pokemon. Locked in. Okay, so this is talking about the myth of Mew is what I'm going to say and not the reality of using a game chart to get missing no. So I'm going to say Mew is what this is about. Okay, go ahead, Cole and Jaren. The glitched up Pokemon was missing no, which I think I, I heard one time that originally Kangaskhan's baby in his pouch was supposed to be another Pokemon, but they decided against it. So that was the missing number in the game. Hmm. But that's As really so interesting, and I can't speak to the validity validity of that. But nor can I. I, I that glitched Pokemon is missing. No. Nice. As someone who never played a Pokemon game, you all sound insane. I just want you to know that. <laughs> so the totals at the end of round one are Humps, 60, Colin Jaren, 50 points. Woohoo! Oh, oh, coming back. All right. So round two, question one. What games company, named after a person who is unable to sleep, released such titles as Disruptor, Spyro the Dragon, and Ratchet and Clank on the PS2? Locked in? Okay, that would be uh, Insomniac Games. Colin Jaren? Insomniac. It is Insomniac Games. Good job. That was one of my first loves with video games, was the Ratchet and Clank series. Oh, dude. For sure. Round two, question two. In the early 1990s, Nintendo and a company named Sony worked together on a prototype console that was never released. Around 200 prototypes are believed to have been made, but only one is known to still exist and was sold in March of 2020 for $300,000 at auction. What is the name of this Nintendo-Sony hybrid console? Locked in. I don't know the name. I know what it is. I've heard people talk about it often. I've seen pictures. It had a disk drive. It was crazy. I don't know. The Virtual called. Boy something else. Yes, the Virtual Boy was another piece of trash. <laughs> but <laughs> that's my answer, that the Virtual Boy was a piece of trash locked in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we know this one. Okay, so you guys are going to go with Virtual Boy? Yep. Sure. <laughs> All right, Tyler, what do you got? Okay, so it was the Nintendo PlayStation. The answer is Nintendo PlayStation. Well, how original. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, round two, question three. What Atari handheld console sharing a name with four species of Wildcat debuted in 1989? Locked in. Uh -huh. Okay, species of wildcat, bobcat or leopard. Handheld console. Console implies it played more than one game, correct? Yes. Like it wasn't just like a little football game. Okay. It was not made by Tiger Electronics, no. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, had, I knew I was thinking Tiger for, for some reason, but... Oh, man, that would have been a good red herring. I wish I hadn't said anything. I didn't even think yeah. about that because... 
It's okay. Tigers I, are a form of cat. There, I know there was a Jaguar console, right? So it shares its name with four species of cats? Correct. Hmm. ColecoVision? ColecoVision? Coleco cats? I don't... That's... <laughs> I'm really just <laughs> grasping at straws here. Shares its name with four species. I don't know if I'm thinking of this wrong, but I'm thinking like a lion, leopard, tiger, house cat. Uh, I can't think of thing. one thing that encompasses four species. I think it's jaguar. Jaguar, go with it. All right, or jackal. Is jackal? No, no, it's not. Ocelot. Metal Gear Solid questions will be later. all right so you guys are locking in with what we're gonna lock it in with jaguar tyler okay so it's really sad that i knew this like immediately but the atari jaguar was a like console console and the handheld was the lynx burned into my memory from comic books from the early 90s it is the atari lynx wow i remember ads for that in like Every Batman comic I had, I say thing, I say had. They're like literally ten feet away from me right now. This thing looks like a piece that looks like a good time. Oh yeah, for <laughs> someone like in ja- nineteen eighty nine, just like the Jaguar. <laughs> okay, right. so we're going to go kind of sports themed in the last part of round two. Uh, so question four is going to be this sports title released on the NES in nineteen eighty nine taught players that it is always a good idea to give Bo Jackson the ball. Locked in. Okay, so if they're locked in. Um, okay, so it was released in 1989, you said? Football game? Yes. Released in 1989. So, okay. That's leading me to think that it's going to be Tecmo Bowl. But also, I had a game that was Bo Jackson's football and baseball <laughs> together. <laughs> so it was always a good idea to give Bo Jackson the ball in those games. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Jaron Cole? Yes, th- th- that was our answer too, Tecmo Bowl. Um, I realize now that I privately messaged that to Cole and not you, so... Uh, It's okay. I have trust in you guys. The Um, answer is Tecmo Bowl. Okay, good. Because it was always Bo Tom. (laughs) You can outrun every single other player. You just kind of zigzag and then you get a touchdown. It's fine. All right, round two, question five. What Hall of Famer, best known for managing the Los Angeles Dodgers for two decades, had his own baseball game on the Sega Genesis? Was he... Was the game his? Uh, as was he the? Was his name on it as the manager, as like a John Madden type of thing, or was he once a prominent player and then later on became a manager? What Hall of Famer, best known for managing I... the Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> for two decades, had his own baseball game on the Sega Genesis? gonna lock this in because i <sighs> fine I'm, I'm lock it in so i used to have this game now you asked if it was on something else other than the Sega genesis so 
if he were to say yes, then I think I would know it because I used to have this old game on PC called Tony LaRusa's something baseball, Tony LaRusa baseball. And he was an old manager. I don't remember if he managed the Cardinals or the Dodgers though. So literally the only name that came to my mind was Ken Griffey Jr. So he didn't manage, so it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. But like, I was saying earlier, I'm a big baseball fan, so I'm not. <laughs> I would say Tony LaRusso's baseball. Okay. I locked in with that. And then Tyler, for you. So I'm I locked in with this. I can only think of like one Genesis baseball game named after a person, and I have and never have had any idea who this person is. So I'm just going to go ahead and say Tommy Lasorda baseball because I have no idea who that is, but I know Tommy Lasorda baseball. Dang, that, that's got to be it. The answer is Tommy Lasorda. You were so close. It hurt. The fact that I have my camera on, I'm like, I've got to turn this off. He's so close. He's going to read my face. So I was like, you stare at that wall. You stare at that wall real hard. <laughs> uh, I actually uh, met Tommy Lasorda one time. I waited on him at the blue plate because he was uh, at the lookouts game. I think the only reason I know that is because like one of the streamers that I watch, they just have like random video game titles go by and the Tommy Lasorda baseball cover shows up like all the time. I think Tommy Lasorda too was the manager who would get mad and pick up the third base and just throw it. <laughs> so you can't play anymore. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, going in at the end of the second round, the points are Humps, 110, Colin Jaron, 70. All right. So uh, before the third round, we're going to do a midpoint question. Um, And so the midpoint question is, you can't lose any points or risk anything, but you can just gain points from right answers. So the question is as follows. (laughs) Sonic the Hedgehog has seen the highest of highs and lowest of lows. The character has been the protagonist of or featured in dozens of titles. So many, in fact, that it's hard to keep up with the names of all of his games. For five points apiece, tell me if the following games are, in the immortal words of Jonathan Frakes, fact or fiction. Okay, that was a good joke. You guys suck. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) All right, the games are as follows. Sonic Blast. Sonic Drift 2. Sonic Eraser, Sonic S, Sonic's Schoolhouse. One more time, that's going to be Sonic Blast, Sonic Drift 2, Sonic Eraser, Sonic S, and Sonic's Schoolhouse. All right, I'm locked in, I think. All right, guys, you're free to talk through it. There's been multiple racing games, but unless Drift was one on like the Game Boy or the Game Boy Advance or something, it's not it. Because the current ones are like Sonic, like Racing Blast. I know it's not Drift, but I think I, Sonic Blast is one because that's I think that's a show too, maybe. Yeah, Sorry. that sounds right. I played the Sonic, like the most recent Sonic Racing game at PAX when we lived in Seattle. And I can't remember what it was called though. Yeah. That's a super cool like fact drop about yourself. That's awesome. I listen, that, that is pretty cool. I, I want to go to a PAX. I, I listen to a podcast where this host plays uh, the Sonic racing game with his kids all the time. And so he talks about it a lot. 
and I know it's not drift. I'm not sure what it is, but I know it's not drift. That's how I know that one. But Sonic X sounds very, very possible, and Sonic Schoolhouse sounds dumb possible. So, yeah, Sonic Schoolhouse sounds like so weird that you would, if you didn't know, you would just toss it aside. But it's weird enough to be interesting. So I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna go with a fact on Sonic Blast. Sonic S or X, I don't remember what it was, and Sonic Schoolhouse. And then fake on the other two. Yes. All right. And then go ahead, Humps. I locked in with Sonic Blast is real. Sonic Drift 2 is real. I had that on my game gear. Sonic Eraser, I think, is real, but I could also be thinking about Sonic Crackers. I get those two mixed up. One of them is real and one of them is fake. And then Sonic S is a no and Schoolhouse is a no. I don't All know. right. So your answers are... I knew, I knew it was a dumb portable game. Damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, as you were saying that, I was like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't laugh. <laughs> so the answers are Sonic Blast is a real game. Sonic Drift 2 is a real game. Sonic Eraser is is a real game. Sonic S is not a game. And Sonic Schoolhouse is definitely a real game. It was an educational game made for the PC. See, Edutainment, I, man. Yeah, I figured, I figured there could be something like that, but all I could think of is like Mario was missing and stuff like that, which I knew was real, but I didn't know there was a Sonic one. All right, uh, after that midpoint question, uh, Humps gained 20, Colin Jaren gained... 15. All right, round three, question one. Originally released in 1991 in the arcades and then ported in five different versions to home consoles. Calling this a retro fighting game may be a bit of a stretch as it was re-released as recently as 2018 to PC and all modern consoles. What 2D fighter has fought through time and the world over? It could be so many things. Yeah. (laughs) So... To clarify, in the question it says this retro game, it started on an arcade console and then only in 2018 it was released to. Yeah, what the, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I apologize. It, it the way this is. Sorry, uh, it says originally released in 1991 in the arcades and then, as in like immediately following, was ported in five different versions to home consoles. Okay, and then you said it was re-released in 2018? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a re-release and not like a sequel? Just was Correct. Like, it was just, okay. uh, released okay. on all consoles again. Okay. I'm going to lock in, but I don't think I'm right. King of Fighters or Street Fighter are what we're thinking. Because you kept saying around the world with street fighter the first one from what i remember like the character select screen was like different like yeah, parts of the world and stuff guys from around the world yeah and i could see it being re-released in 2018 and not really up until that point modern console recently yeah uh, that game is trash and so it probably took them a long time like to where people actually were like yeah put it back out they're like okay and they did put out that street fighter collection recently with the early ones okay 
I would go with Street Fighter. Yeah, locked in. Can you okay. be more specific? Street Fighter uh, 1. No. Wait. You said it debuted in 91? Like it was its first? Street Fighter. Okay. And Tyler, what do you have? Uh, I locked in with Street Fighter 2. I'm going to... F- I'm going to rip my shirt off. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is Street Fighter 2. It was, there's like five different versions of it that were ported to like the Genesis, the Game Boy, the NES, Super Nintendo. Uh, The Super Nintendo version is really popular. There's also like a Turbo Mode, uh, Turbo Edition. Turbo, yeah. Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And then I think Street Fighter 2 Turbo is the one that's been re-released for all the modern consoles. It also got a release in the PlayStation 2 era and the PS1, if I'm not mistaken. Plus plus there's Super Street Fighter 2. Yeah. It's Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Yeah. They released a collection recently of like the first three or something and all of their their spinoffs. Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, round three, question two. What arcade shooter designed in 1981 by Donna Bailey, one of the first arcade machines to be designed by a woman, had players shooting for hundreds of points in this Atari cabinet? All right, I think we're going to lock it in. Okay, Humps, free to go. Okay, so this is where my thought process, at, process is at on this. I'm trying to think of Atari shooters that would be from 81. And for some reason, the, like, designed by a woman makes me think that we're looking for something a little bit different than most of the other ones. Um, And the only Atari shooter that I could think of that was that different than the others is Centipede. So I'm thinking either like Centipede or Missile Command, but I'm going to go with Centipede. Okay, Jaron and Cole? We said Galaga, but we were also thinking Centipede, but we're, we went with Galaga. Okay, so I am a little... Uh, this was a hard question, but I put a hint in it, um, and I'm kind of proud of it. So I'm going to read it off one more time. What arcade shooter designed in 1981 by Donna Bailey had players shooting for hundreds of points uh, Atari cabinet. The answer is centipede. Damn. So <laughs> <laughs> you had me worried for a second because then whenever I realized the clue was hundreds, I was like, oh crap, is it millipede? No, that would have been Damn. thousands. All right, question three. Often touted as the grandfather of 3D shooters, what first person shooter originally released on DOS had you escaping a castle and killing a dictator in a mech suit? Locked in. Yes. <laughs> Are you locked in too? Yeah. I'm locked in too. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah. You guys typically okay, so, want to do that. So, <laughs> you want to agree on that before you lock in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a hundred. Per- I know. I I know what it is, and I'm sure he also knows. Wait. As okay. long as it's not the sequel. Wait. Hold on. Are you doing the sequel? Wait. Stuff? Hold on. <laughs> nah, hold on. You're locked in. I think you've already locked in. All right. What you got, Humps? Okay, so uh, this is definitely um, Wolfenstein 3D. It's Wolfenstein. I just said Wolfenstein. You said Wolfenstein. You really need that 3D. I'm just kidding. Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein 3D is the correct answer. Wolfenstein is very acceptable. It's totally fine. Round three, question four. In one of Midway's most known franchises to date, 
What arcade machine released in 1983 had players outrunning enemies in an overpowered sports car? And fun fact, Dwayne The Rock Johnson once had a movie contract to star in a film based on this franchise. Locked in. All right, go ahead, Humps. Okay, so I, I know that this is Spy Hunter. It's got to be. There was that Spy Hunter game that had The Rock in it uh, because he was supposed to be a movie tie-in, and then the movie didn't happen, but the game did. So it's, uh, it's Spy Hunter. All right, Jaron and Cole? It's Spy Hunter. The answer yeah. is Spy Hunter. Good job. Round three, question five. In what is definitely Midway's most known franchise to date, what arcade machine released in 1986 had players destroying everything in sight as either George, Lizzie, or Ralph? Fun fact, Dwayne The Rock Johnson actually did make a movie based on this franchise in 2018. Locked in. Okay. So that'd be Rampage. Jaron and Cole. Rampage. That was my favorite game to play at the Zaxby's we went to when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The answer is Rampage. Good job. I can't believe they made a Rampage movie. (laughs) Yeah, did anybody see that? No, no one saw it. I I did. I did. I I like half watched it on a laptop. I'm I'm pretty sure he turns into one of them at the end. (laughs) Spoilers, bro. Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he turns into like Ralph or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, All right. I'll watch The Rock be The Rock. That's fair. And the scores at the end of round three are Humps 180, Cole and Jaron 125. All right, round four. This is our last round. Round four, question one. As we are all very aware, the greatest movie of all time came out in 1988, the title of which is, of course, Bloodsport. In the film, the protagonist and his bestie, named Ray Jackson, because I know the characters in this film, play a martial arts arcade game released in 1984 and later ported to the NES in 1986. What is the name of this game? My favorite scene from that movie is uh, the bad guy leans down, rubs his fingers in the dirt. At least I think I'm thinking of the same movie. And he sniffs the dirt and he says, they were here three hours ago. It's like... That is not this movie. Like, nope. Okay, <laughs> I swear there's a movie. It's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like a fighting tournament. Uh, and there's, I think it's based kinda, on a true story. I think that later turns in it, maybe. <laughs> that later was determined to be fake, but. <laughs> based on a story. Based on a story. And it, it, at the very end, there's like the four records that Frank Dukes, the main character, claims to still hold, and they're all. Bl- Which I just re- I remembered what the movie that I was thinking of was. It's Hard Target, not Bloodsport. Um, Ooh, that's also a terrible movie. Yes, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and lock in. I, uh, okay, so our four things we were trying to narrow it down to were there we go. Yeah. Uh, Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdown. And I can't think of any other fighters other than like virtual fighter and Tekken. So what do you think, Cole? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I want to say like Streets of Rage or Samurai Shodan or something, but that's just because I have those, those on my mind lately. Uh, and I really have no idea. Tekken's a good guess. No, no Tekken wasn't until you feel like that PlayStation 1. Yeah, that was 90s. So it's not Tekken. Virtua Fighter, that was a 3D fighter, so it's not yeah. Virtua Fighter. 
we've already so talked go with about what you said. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking Bloodsport. He said he emphasized friend, which makes I don't know. Uh, Streets of Rage. Okay. Go locked ahead. in. And okay, and I locked. I locked in with the only like martial arts game I could think of that was on the NES, which was Karate Champ. You couldn't think of Kung Fu? Yeah, but Kung Fu wasn't like a fighting game. Yeah, no, sorry. I was just being being mean. Uh, the answer is Karate Champ. Okay. Oh, never heard. There's also, there's a, I, I had Karate Champ on the NES, which is why it came to brain. But I feel like there's also like International Karate, which was kicking around in my head, but I didn't know if that was in the arcades or what. Okay. So. All right, round four, question two. 1989 saw the release of Nintendo's Game Boy. It boasted a 160 by 144 black and green screen. Not to be outdone, another handheld came out in 1990 in Japan and 1991 in North America and boasted a 3.2 inch backlit screen and six AA battery slots. What is the name of this handheld console? Octane. Octane. Locked in. Tell it, Cole and Jaren, you guys talk it out. Humps is already locked in. Or just tell me what. Game, tell me. Like game Gear. Yeah. So you guys are going to go with Game Gear? Yeah. Yes. How about yourself, Humps? Yep. I went with Game Gear. I had one of those things. It was constantly asking my mom to buy me batteries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. The answer is Sega Game Gear. I remember driving to the beach one summer and taking a Game Gear and just playing a whole lot of Sonic and my dad getting pissed a lot because of how many batteries it used. <laughs> That's awesome. And especially on those old handhelds where you would have like the light attachment to it and like all these other things that just used up so much battery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then I asked my mom for batteries for my Game Gear so often that she bought me an AC adapter for it because nice. everybody wants to play their Game Gear at home <laughs> plugged into the wall. <laughs> I think they're re-releasing it, aren't they? Like as like a uh, as like a retro thing. Like I saw a headline the other day. Yeah, they're re-releasing. Or sorry, they're releasing a Game Gear Micro. It, yeah. It fits in the palm of your hand. I I'll don't one. understand why. That no, it was already like. Uh, I, I wouldn't buy one if they didn't like do the, the like four different versions with four different games on each. Like, give me sixteen games. Oh, what? <laughs> Is it like a mini clip? Jesus. Yes. You get the the verse of this Britney Spears song. That's all you get. (laughs) And maybe the bridge, if you're lucky. All right. uh, Round four, question two. So it's time to be, or sorry, round four, question three. So it's time to be honest. Basically, none of us knew where the heck Ness was from when we spammed his home run smash and N64 smash. What fantastic Super Nintendo Entertainment System RPG is Ness from? Locked in. Go ahead, Tyler. Okay, well, since they already locked in, I cannot be honest. I knew that Ness was from Earthbound. That game rules. Okay, uh, Jaren and Cole? We said Earthbound. The answer... I've got to admit, I didn't play that game until I had a Wii U and my brother bought it. But, oh, my gosh, it's such a good game. Yeah, that game's awesome. Yeah. I never yeah. played it, but I've heard it talked about a lot, a lot, a lot. So the I, answer, Whenever I would go I'm to my grandparents' house, they're, like, 
their neighbors had an SNES, which we did not have, but they had Earthbound on it, so I'd go over there and play it. Nice. Nice. The answer is Earthbound. Good job. Okay. The game's amazing because it has a main character named Pooh. <laughs> that is true. Uh, round four, question four. Nintendo may have Mario, but Capcom has this company-leading hero and has since 1987 whose powers include absorbing the pow- uh, powers of his enemies and applying them to this robotic man, and, and his games have spanned nearly every console since the NES. Ah. What is this character? All right, so Tyler's locked in. What are you guys thinking? It's Mega Man. Yeah, it's got to be Mega Man. Oops. It is Mega Man. Answer is Mega Man. That was, that was a layup on that one. Actually, it's Frank West. Come on. There you go. It's it's who? Frank West. Dude from Dead Rising. In our penultimate question, we are going to ask about a truly retro video game. Designed in 1958 and originally run on an oscilloscope, what sports title is the first video game ever made and even featured multiplayer? Locked in. Locked in. Go ahead, uh, Cole and Jaren. So this is a game that my mom said she played all the time with her sister, so... I'm pretty sure it's Pong. Yeah, it's it's Pong. Go ahead, Humps. I said Pong. Okay, so Pong is a good answer. Um, however, in the question, um, uh, it says it was designed in 58 and it ran on oscilloscope. Pong came out in, like, I, I want to say the 70s. And it's the 70s, right. That's what, yeah, I was thinking, like, Computer Space is, like, the first game, but it is not... Uh, the first ever video game uh, is credited as Tennis for Two. Yeah. What? That's just Pong, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Come on. Pong didn't run on an oscilloscope. But, it, but it's Pong. <laughs> it's like Pong uh, with waves. All right. Our scores going into the final are Humps, 220. Cole and Jaren, 165 points. So here's the way our final works. It is, uh, today, it's going to be a themed round. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the theme, and then you're going to wager as many or as few points as you have. And again, the point totals are Humps has 220, and Cole and Jaren have 165. So the themed round today is going to be no, none other than the plumber himself, Mario. It's a retro video game trivia. I had to do like some Mario thing. Let's let's be real. On a scale of one to five, I would put my Mario knowledge at a three point five. So just know that, Jaren. I've I've got a little. I feel good about Mario. Okay, I'm slightly above average. Like I know more early Mario stuff than anything post like Mario sixty four. That's where I start to lose ground. All right, so if you guys will send those wagers yeah. over to me, and then we'll, we'll, we'll like say, uh, you'll say them out loud at the end. So the secret wagers. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so they've got 165.
I'm at what? 220? This last round. Yes. Yeah, I know. How? Why is my <laughs> He's trying off. to do math. <laughs> I am trying to do math. He's like two hundred twenty <laughs> minus one sixty-five. You think you're gonna win? You're not. <laughs> Wagers are in. Final round is as follows. Question one: Over the years, the character models of Super Mario's cast have greatly improved. Strangely enough, no more so than the antagonist of Bowser himself. What color hair does this marriage-obsessed dinosaur have? Yeah, Actually, sure. Yeah, make yeah, the, yeah. Make the colorblind those. guy wager away his points and then ask him a question about uh, colors. Uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. <sighs> okay. Well, are you asking his color hair in HD or in, like, pixel? Is his hair the same color in every game? I will admit. Okay, so I've got an asterisk. I will accept two answers due to Mario 3. Mario 3 is not a real... Hmm. No, that's Mario 2. Okay, question two. In the early days, Nintendo did not have a great deal of confidence in the American public's willingness to play a very challenging video game. One title in the Mario franchise actually didn't make it to North America until much later. And instead, they reskinned a game called Doki Doki Panic in its place. What was the American name of this reskinned game? Does it have to be the exact name? Yeah. Okay. And then the last question. Uh, question three. Mario is no stranger to transformations. We all know that mushrooms turn him giant and leaves somehow turn him into a fancy Japanese raccoon known as a tanuki. Mario 64 was Mario's first appearance in 3D and boasted three different hats that allowed Mario to transform or gain certain powers. What were the powers of these three hats? Can we talk this out now? Uh, did you say locked in? Yeah, I'm locked okay. in and that's all three. So Okay, because I know when you go from the cannon to the top of the castle is yeah, where you, you get, get the wing hat wings. Yeah, and then you can get the metal Mario down under the bridge or down there somewhere, I remember. Yeah. But the third one, I don't fucking... I've only played that game through osmosis, pretty much. Like, I never beat it. Like, Is I know there there's... that gave you fireballs or no? Yeah, right? I mean, I would assume... I don't know. I don't remember you having fireballs in that game. There's not one that makes you invisible? No. Uh don't think so god man i played this game i played it on n64 all the way through and i played the ds version all the way through i can't believe i cannot remember well, you have no excuse then <laughs> <laughs> i want to say maybe it's something like you it's like a ghost hat where you can walk through walls or something locked in <clears throat> all right so question one was over the years the character models of super mario's cast have greatly improved None more so than Bowser himself. What color hair does the marriage-obsessed dinosaur have? Uh, Cole and Jaren, give me your answer. Uh, we said orange. Yes. Orange and humps, give me yours. I said red. 
Okay, there's change here. All right. And uh, as you guys heard earlier, I will accept two answers due to the color changing in Mario 3. Question two. In the early days, Nintendo did not have a great deal of confidence in the American public's willingness to play a very challenging video game. One title in the Mario franchise actually didn't make it to North America until much later, and instead they reskinned a game called Doki Doki Panic in its place. What was the American name of this reskinned game? Uh, Humps, give me yours first. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. That is not what I have from you. Fair enough. I said Super Mario 2 because I was typing it, but it's Super Mario Brothers 2. All right. Jaren and Cole, give me your name. We said Super Mario Brothers 2. Okay. Question three. (laughs) (laughs) Mario is no stranger to transformations. We all know that mushrooms turn him giant and leaves somehow turn him into a fancy Japanese raccoon known as a tanuki. Mario 64 was Mario's first appearance in 3D and boasted three different hats that allowed Mario to transform or gain certain powers. What were the powers of these hats? Uh, Jaron and Cole, give me your powers. He said the flying hat, the metal Mario hat, and with the shot in the dark, the ghost hat. <laughs> Pass through walls or something like that. Okay, Humps, give me yours. Uh... Yeah, they're pretty much right on. It's the flying cap, the metal cap, and then the invisibility cap. Let you walk through walls. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Nicely done. All right. The answers are question one. What color hair does that dinosaur have? He has red hair, but in Super Mario 3, he had orange hair. (laughs) Okay. Um, question three, uh, Mario's abilities are flight, uh, metal Mario and vanish, which is the ability to walk through walls. So that's, you guys are both on it on that question two, um, the name of the reskin Doki Doki <laughs> panic game is super Mario brothers two. That's crap. <laughs> That is crap. It's going to be for the game. <laughs> for the game. Dude didn't type the words of brothers in. Oh, I was even like, I'll, I'll, I'll put in bros with an asterisk. And then it was like, nah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, Humps, give me your wager. What did you say? I said 120. All right. Cole and Jaron, give me yours. Uh, 165. So at the end, the points are humps, 100 points. Oh, this is bullcrap. Colin Jaren, 330. <laughs> this is bullcrap. There's an <laughs> asterisk <laughs> on their record. <laughs> I do not accept this. Oh, Just, yeah. God. Turns out we know more about video games than that you is do. unacceptable. <laughs> Like he got all of the super hard questions. Yeah, he totally would. Why would you do three questions and if you answer them right, you don't get any points? Yeah, it's a it's a final. It's risky. Yeah, so in the it's rigged round, is what it is. In the entire game, Humps missed three questions. I know. <laughs> a question about colors, and then you you got that one right. <laughs> Yeah, and we shouldn't have got the hair color one right. Yeah, they went on a technicality and I lose. <laughs> so you know what I say to this? I'm never being on another one of these. I'm wow. done. Uh, Best podcast ever. Thank you, Zach, so much. <laughs> uh, well, hey, thanks a lot, guys, for playing. Appreciate it. 
You can follow me at at Cole Gaston on Twitter. I currently don't have the app installed and I'm not really <laughs> active on it, but you can find me on Twitter. That's how you end podcast, right? You promote oh, yourself okay. and then you do a uh, sign-off. You can know. also follow my friend Tyler Humphrey at Almost Apollo Draws. At Bite My Ass. (laughs) 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 New favorite social media site. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot for listening, guys. And that's our episode.